Sean Custom Car Care. All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We had a uh, text in this last week from uh, Mr. O. Oh. He, uh, he's always gives such good insight. I always get, or I glean, you know, different things every time I talk to him or message back and forth. And uh, he really gave some good feedback about the, I guess, the the people side, you know, we talked a little bit about the people side of the business. Um, and we'll get into the OTC situation. Eh, not, it's not a situation. The OTC event that we had last week. So I'd like to talk about that too. But, um, you know, businesses are people, you know, that when you break it down to the just the bare bones, whether you love where you work, whether you hate where you work, whether you're indifferent where you work, and regardless of what the trade is, we're all in the people business. Would you say that's accurate, Sarah? Yes, it is. You think I'm crazy? No, nope, you're not crazy. It's just not the widget. And, you know, we sell widgets. It's people buy from people that they like, typically. That's true. You know, and that's how the radio station works. Yes, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Lots of like minded people. That's one of the greatest things I love about running into KSGF listeners is they're always really educated and really informed. And I appreciate that greatly. Um, so, Sarah, did you ever think when you were younger, um, like growing up, I'm talking about adolescence age, that we would all be dealing with as much communication and, and people uh, dynamics, I guess, if I'm, if I'm trying to say that right? Because I think that really makes or breaks your job satisfaction. So I think that there is a lack of communication mm -hmm. in this world. Yes. I think that technology is an absolutely wonderful thing. It is. I think that it sometimes can hinder people, mm -hmm. though. I think about growing up and how I was, and now I look at, at kids that were about the same age when mm -hmm. I had just a really good youthful experience you know what i mean oh, like yeah. it, i got when i was like 13 14 i had neighbor kids that we'd mm -hmm. go and like walk and we were out in the woods and we were playing <laughs> yeah. we listen to music we were outside um you know in the summertime i would stay up until like nine i think that's when it was when the phone calls were free do yep, you remember that i do i, I think do. it was nine maybe it was ten but in the summertime, I'd talk to my friends for like 30 minutes and I'd have to wait yeah. for that. But nowadays, I, I think that there's less and less of that. And I think that you can really tell that there is a lack of communication, whether mm -hmm. you are going to the grocery store and you're doing like pickup delivery items or uh, you're going through a drive through and you don't ever actually get to talk to anybody. Yeah. I went into a um, I know this is off topic, no. but I went into a fast food restaurant a couple of weeks ago and they have no people at the registers. It's all mm -hmm. mobile screens. Yeah. And I had a question and there was like three people in the back, like making food. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have no idea how to use this. And I said, can I just give you my order? Can you help me? And they said, no, we can't take orders anymore. And I said, what if I'm paying with cash? Yeah. And they said, we don't accept cash. Wow. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? And then they went back to like not communicating and it just blew my mind because I was like, I'm a real life person yeah. standing in front of you, not yeah. a computer. That's incredible. Yes. So a long winded answer to your question. You know, one of my goals, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, is, is that I want to be a conversationalist, that no matter what room, no matter what background, I should be able to hold a good conversation with anybody, whether you're a doctor, whether you're an attorney. 
whether you do manual blue collar labor like me, uh, you know, whether you're an aerospace engineer, I should be good enough at, at conducting a conversation that no matter what and where the environment, I should be able to, you know, mingle. Yeah. And enjoy the company and learn something typically, because that's the underlying thing, at least for me, is no matter who I talk to, I can learn something from them. That's right. And that's served me very, very well over the years. But I see that waning and I see people somewhat, I don't want to say like yearning for that, but I've noticed sometimes people are a little off put by it in the beginning because I'm, I don't want to say I'm like super in your face, but... I'm not afraid to just walk up to somebody, look them in the eye and say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know? And people don't necessarily, the, the older folks I've noticed, they still have those skills. But to your point, the younger folks, it's like, why are you talking to me? Why are you making eye contact and getting my attention? Um, but once you ba- uh, break down that first little like awkward barrier, if you're good at conducting conversation and asking open-ended questions, typically... Those people, like, they really enjoy it, I think. You know, you see a shift in them. Yeah, I think so. And it's like, oh, so it's not just a, a, a email or a text. a text or a Snapchat or whatever in the world. There's a billion ways, to your point, the communication is amazing. But the interpersonal, like, real life, like, sit across from somebody or walk up to somebody and say hello is really waning at this point. And the folks that I feel like are are doing well, whether it's in sales, whether it's in a service sector industry, you know, such as automotive repair or whatever, the people that are continuously excelling are people that have made or or have an awareness to the ability to conduct a conversation. They're the sky's the limit for those people. And we talk a lot about, uh, I guess we haven't lately, but, you know, the new generation coming up. Everybody's always concerned, like, the next generation's running us into the ground, and I can't believe the millennials and the generation Y and Z and, you know, all that stuff. However, the folks that are bringing it can really, uh, there's no limit to what they can do. And the folks that are just going to sit at home and not do anything, you know, and not contribute to society, not focus on mental growth, mental stimulation, physical growth and stimulation, um, you know, people that don't do nothing, typically very little goes wrong. You know, they don't run into a lot of headwinds or problems. But the people that are out there bringing it and figuring out how to overcome those problems and really rise up to be somebody that people depend on. There's a huge demand for those people, and I don't think it's waning anytime soon. And the folks, I've always had this mindset that, you know, a lot of people were aging out of the industry and getting out of the industry for whatever reason. The people that stuck to it and weathered some of these new technologies and the change and the struggles, it's going to open up a tremendous amount of doors, no matter what skill set or trade you've got. I think that, uh, Sarah, you've opened up a lot of your own doors I've seen over the last several years that uh, people rely on you a lot, which is a big compliment. And where a lot of people would crumble away from that challenge, you haven't. Oh, You haven't. Oh, you're making me going to blush a little well, or something over here. You earned that. <laughs> you, you, you absolutely earned that. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And I'm sure you see it. I can't be the only one that when I walk into a business... 
if I find somebody that owns the interaction, it is such a pleasant surprise. It really is. It's so nice to talk to people. And it's nice. I mean, I'm in this field, so Mm -hmm. I talk to people constantly. But it is really difficult because you do see a lot of people who are just just on their phones and completely out of, uh, I guess, reality, mm-hmm. if you will. I mean, they're not a re- they're not in their surroundings, yeah. I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're not present in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head for sure. The people that that take ownership of those moments, I guess, is when I when I find somebody like that, especially like if it's you know customer service or you know I'm calling somebody and I can't deal with them face to face one of the things that I have made and this is through training years and years of training is obviously people like to hear their name they you know you they like it when you use their name so I kind of I guess took that another step further obviously I use folks's name quite a bit in that in a discussion but I take note and I write that name down because if I ever have to contact whoever this person is, is if I can get back to a person that naturally takes ownership of, you know, whatever interaction that we've got. Oh my goodness. That is so valuable to me at least because you get so many people, especially if you're calling for assistance or help or whatever, that you're, they're 20 miles away. They're hitting their vape pen or whatever in the world's in those dang vape pens. And, uh, you're, I guess, just a filler for them. You know, you're you're the next caller or you're the next person in line. And that's becoming such a normalcy. And I see why people or companies would go to like a kiosk ordering system like you had uh, an experience with. Because it's probably easier from a business standpoint. But it loses the magic. And and this is not an endorsement for Chick-fil-A, but you go into a Chick-fil-A and you're going to pay a little more, but the experience, and I'm not really a huge Chick-fil-A lover. Um, I'm probably going to get some hate mail for that because there are Chick-fil-A fans out there. But I admire their business model. I mean, they really emphasis, emphasize the people. Uh, the food, I think, is very good. We use them because they're easy for, like, some of our meetings. We can order the box meals for everybody, mm-hmm. and everybody pretty much loves their stuff. So their quality is obviously good. But the thing that I pay attention with them versus what you're talking about with the kiosk that doesn't take cash, doesn't communicate, their emphasis is on people. That's a big deal. And you see how successful that uh, corporation or company is. And, man, they're doing well. When they move into a market, everybody else in that same market suffers. So that's a big, big deal. But Sarah and I are going to step into our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Elon Musk and some of the things he has talked about. We'll be right back after this. The complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back, Sarah and Dustin. A1 Custom Car Care. I guess we haven't done a philosophical show here in a little while. It's been a minute. It has been. Um, so we talked before we went to break, uh, I heard a quote from Elon and I want to run this by you, Sarah, because when I heard it, uh, I think it was yesterday while I was doing some, uh, uh, work in the truck that his point was, is you are directly compensated by your ability to meet, accept and solve problems. What do you think about that? It's wholeheartedly true. 
when I think about all the people that I interact with when we do interviewing, um, when we hire folks, how we onboard them, and really even my success as far as in this industry, it has been that I, at sometimes my own expense, not sometimes, a lot of times at my own expense, I would accept problems that were not mine. And we'll dovetail this into the OTC discussion with some of the, the trades folks coming out of the Ozark Technical College here in Springfield. But I think back, and I actually had older technicians at that point in time question me, like, because they were benefiting from me accepting some of their, their problems or their failed attempts on repairs. When I got into this industry... If it was a vehicle that we had worked on or it had been to another shop and people had given up on it or they had guessed and thrown parts at it, I wanted all of those vehicles, which is really counterintuitive because, um, you know, on stuff like that that has been a failed repair, typically there's not a charge for it. So there's no um, financial reward or benefit on that particular car. And I'll get into how you benefit from that here in a minute. But when I started with A1 Custom Car Care, everybody told me it was going to be a two-year apprenticeship. Now, I'd already spent two years at a formal training facility down in Monette, Missouri, with some amazing instructors. My dad was a dealership guy, so I had a pretty good grasp on the industry. But I didn't want to wait two years. I didn't want to be an apprentice for two years. Nothing wrong with being an apprentice. I learned... A lot, and that's a valuable point of getting into any trade is is having to kind of pay your dues. But in six months, I had stepped away from the apprenticeship, and I was running full service, just as some of the people that we've been on the the uh, you know been in the field for you know ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty years. I wouldn't say I was their peer at that point in time, but I also didn't know what I didn't know, so I didn't have any limits. You'd bring me something, yeah, I can fix that, you know, but I, I had no idea. And then as you run into situations with technicians that have worked on something and, and a vehicle returns, I wanted those those jobs that didn't go well the first time because I could learn from the problems that we had, hopefully solve and overcome them, and turn out a repaired vehicle as good, if not better, than when it first rolled off the showroom floor. Is, is that making any sense, Sarah? Do you think that's mm-hmm. just like uh, some kind of psychotic, like, <laughs> uh, you know, glutton for punishment? Because when you're taking on those projects, I mean, those are not easy typically to, you know, somebody else has already given their best and came up, you know, kind of wanting. So it's one of those, the persistence side of things is probably one of the bigger um, things I would contribute to the success that I've seen mm-hmm. in the industry. This isn't me just like toot my own horn. I hope that's not how it... <laughs> no. Because there's been some amazing failures. And even in the failure side of it, like, I never go home and think, oh, I, I could have, should have, would have tried harder. Like, I'm given what I got every single moment, and I come up short. It happens. I'm definitely not somebody that's too big for my britches to be like, yeah, I got this all figured out. Nah, the day I get this all figured out is the day that I'm probably going to retire and and just hang up my wrenches, I suppose. But uh, the point being is just being doggone stubborn and owning the outcome of those. It's not always the outcome everybody else is looking for. Um, 
sometimes I do got to pull a rabbit, you know, and, and, and make some things happen. But for the most part, the muscle memory of not just giving up when it gets some headwinds against you is been probably the biggest thing that has paid off and rewarded me over the years that I would notice that a lot of folks were, I don't want to say weak of character, but I think that's the characterization of it is, hey, just because this is hard doesn't mean you get to quit. And the fact that I didn't quit on a lot of those or I accepted jobs that other people had quit on, the volume or the quality of experience and education that that afforded me rapidly accelerated how I moved through the automotive industry or just in the professional industry. Um, aside from that, I was, I think, roughly 20 or 21 when I stepped into managing uh, the Fort and Sunshine location. And I managed that for many years. I managed the Republic location for a few years and then stepped into an operations role, which is where I'm at at the moment, managing multi-location. So the the part of that that really allowed and afforded me to be able to do that with folks that had been in the industry a lot longer and had more, you know, years of experience. And there is a difference between years and experience in general. A lot of folks think, oh, I've been doing this 20 or 30 years. You're naturally the next person to get promoted into some kind of a uh, leadership or, or advisor um, role. But how did you spend that 20 or 30 years? Did you do the bare minimum for that 20 or 30 years? Or did you give maximum effort out there to accelerate yourself as quickly as possible? Just because you have been, you know, clicking the, the hour clock or milking the clock for ever and ever and ever and giving the bare minimum doesn't equal what you would find somebody to the left or right of you that is eating up every difficult situation that they possibly could, which accelerates their experience. So, you know, there's that mindset, and this is really one of the things that kept me from going into, you know, a big corporate world, which I have done, and, I, and I'll elaborate on that here in just a second, is I didn't want it to be a truly seniority-based uh, hierarchy. I don't think that that serves the, the uh, industry well, that, oh, you know, so-and-so's been here forever and ever, and, and I'm not saying that that's not valuable, but just because you've been there forever ever and ever does not make you the sharpest tool to be applied to these situations. Nor, in my experience, is somebody that, you know, went to college for a bunch of stuff but didn't go for the right reasons. This industry is my chosen profession. There are other things that I could spend my time doing. I could travel the world. I could move other places. I could easily move into different industries and probably do and have done extremely well. I choose the automotive industry, and I have since I was a very little kid. And I knew a, a pointed direction that I wanted to move in. And the way that I got from point A to point B quicker than I would have had I just came in and milked the clock is that experience. 
is that muscle memory that, you know, allows me to be confident in a stormy room or shop bay, whatever situation, that when I have folks that come in and they're not planning to have a breakdown, they're not planning for their vehicle to leave them somewhere or outlay a certain amount of cost in most instances, that's not a fun experience for them. So the ability that I have dealt with those situations for many years, and now as I move on into a training, um, hopefully coach or influence, which is what I spend a lot of my time doing now, as well as, hey, you know, sometimes I'm the head problem solver, you know, the lead fireman, if you will, that it has allowed me that... I have a a depth of experience that, you know, sometimes when somebody's at, you know, say 10 chaos in their world, I've dealt with much greater impactful challenges that on my radar, not that it's not important, it's maybe a three or a five or even a seven or an eight. But I've already dealt with things of a greater importance that doesn't only affect me. It affects the customers that are coming in, all of our team members, that, hey, we got this. And being calm and collective and being able to work through that turbulence is a lost art. And I'm a student of it still to this day. And I hope I never become uh, a master of it because that's going to be quite a deal. I want to stay a student. I want to stay hungry. But we're down at the bottom of the hour. Sarah and I are going to take a break, and then we'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back, Sarah and Dustin. A1 Custom Car Care. Halfway through the show. This uh, portion, Sarah, we talk quite a bit about OTC. Yes. Would it be safe to say that you're not overly enthused with OTC? Would, would that <laughs> was, be safe? You know what? I was actually not going to say <laughs> I should be their uh, sponsor, but I, think you should. I probably should be their sponsor. I love OTC. Heck yeah. So we talked last week, I think, and, and if I get off topic here, please reel me back in. We have done for several years or been a part of, it's not a it's not a, a A1 custom thing. This is a group effort. Many other shops. Mm-hmm. Some other great shops here in Springfield are involved with it. Uh, we had a shop down in Branson, Bat Boys, fantastic shop in Branson. They actually drove up, sat on the panel with us. Um, we had some local folks on there, some technicians, service advisors. Lady shop owner was part of the hey, panelists. that's cool. Um, had a lady manager that managed a facility here in Springfield. We had uh, somebody from O'Reilly Auto Parts. They sponsored this event, by the mm-hmm. way, made it free for the children. Uh, I say children. They're, they're uh, college students. Uh, to me, that they're still very young. <laughs> Some of them are teenagers. Yes, yes. So not, not to take anything away from them. It was a great, great group. But O'Reilly Auto Parts stepped up, um, furnished the food, booked the room, and sponsored four technician starter toolkits very cool. that we gave away. To the students. Oh, that's awesome. So as they came in, they got a raffle ticket. Um, I'm sure there are some photos up there on Midwest Auto Care Alliance. That's who put on the event. 
of the humongous table of tools that I had to help carry from the parking lot because you couldn't drive, you know, you can't drive up to the front door anymore of these mm-hmm. buildings. So we trucked them all in uh, manpower style and set them up. We gave each student a raffle ticket as they came in the door. And then as they participated, they got additional tickets Very cool. to get them in the raffle. And we've been doing this for many years now. I was able to MC it, which uh, I really enjoy. I take that as a huge compliment that they will allow me to MC that room uh, with all the power panel people that are just rock stars of our industry. And these students that are paying their hard-earned money or getting student loans that they're going to have to pay back, we're able to ask industry successful professionals, whether you wanted to be a technician, service advisor, you wanted to get into the parts side of the world, and there's there's demand in every as, uh, aspect of the those industries or this industry. And the students got an inside look and an open uh, question time of how to interview, what's it take, how am I compensated, what are you looking for, this is what I'm seeing in the industry, what do you think about that? I mean, the interaction from these folks that were going through these uh, skilled trades uh, facility here in Springfield at OTC, Ozark Technical College, absolutely awesome. The instructors, that was the other thing, and I think that gets overlooked quite often. The instructors were I don't say they were all there, but there was many of them there. Um, Mr. Gabe that runs the department over there does an awesome job. And I'm very thankful that he is a ambassador for our industry. Um, Dean, again, down there uh, at the vocational school in Ozark, another great ambassador for our, our uh, industry. Very, very thankful I saw some instructors that are working in the field every single day for their day job, and then they're doing uh, training in the evenings as well. So the information that's being put out through OTC for the automotive program are real-life skills. And each year I see a great group of folks, and they get better and better and better. And I'm very, very thankful that for that. So... If you are somebody that has kids or grandkids or you're in a leadership business, uh, a skilled trade industry, you had better be paying attention to the young folks coming up because the baby boomers, and I'm very thankful that A1 Custom still has a fairly healthy amount of them, but I'm not, a, uh, I'm not oblivious to the fact that those, those baby boomers have put their time in. You talk to a lot of them and their bodies are starting to get to the point where they need to pull out and and shift their lifestyle or they've put in, you know, so many years they're at the point that they've done their turn and it's their turn to enjoy some retirement. So you had better be and I'm a product of this honestly, when I was hired and interviewed at A1 Custom in the early 2000s their motivation for interviewing me and hiring me was to apprentice me into their very deep pool of experience for custom fabrication and exhaust, which is still one of our core competencies that you see fading away. 
I mean, there were many muffler shops here in Springfield, and most of them have retired and hung it up, and they're doing something different now. That's something that we still do. I do on a, if not a daily basis, I at least do it weekly, that I still have those skills. And now I'm not just doing those, you know, as a personal repair uh, or, you know, that I'm the one doing the repair work. I'm now trying to train, which would be my third generation of exhaust technicians. And I'm having some great success in enjoying that greatly, as well as drivability, electrical training, repair training, communication training, to make sure that A1 Custom continues their education as they come out of a trade school that we are building our next generation of technicians, service advisors, store managers. What limits us as a company is quality people. And I'm always looking for the right person, whether I have a job opening, whether I've got a position. If you are the right person, that door will open for you, even regardless of whether those uh, companies are looking for help or not. You can open those doors. It's not just a help-wanted thing that, hey, they're looking for help. I guarantee if I walked into a shop here or in Colorado that didn't even know me, I could have an intelligent discussion and talk myself right into working for them. I'm 100% confident in that. And the ability to do that comes from weathering a lot of those storms that we talked about earlier. So, Sarah, you have taken some classes over there at OTC. Yes, sir. Am I way off the mark with this? You obviously haven't gone through the automotive program, but you have been a student there. Um, how is, how are the other departments? Am I close to your experience or am I way off? Yes. So I got a very hands-on approach, and they also taught confidence mm-hmm. in your industry as well. But one of my favorite things about OTC, this is kind of Uh, slightly off topic, but they really do make sure that you do get a hands-on approach. So like a lot of the photography that you see Uh in the different buildings, that's taken by students or even by the professors over there because they want you to get that hands-on experience. One of the final projects uh, for one of the construction classes was we had a TV studio in our area Mm. uh, and it was a little outdated. It was just kind of meh. So the construction team came over and built us a wow. actual like high class studio mm-hmm. for their final project. So nice. they were getting that hands on approach. So I, I don't know. I just really enjoy that. And I know that that's how it is with their automotive mm-hmm. programs as well as they are actually trying to to get you prepared to be in your industry. Yeah. I took a air brakes class over there probably oh six, I would assume. And to see what it was that it was state-of-the-art back then and now to go take nights or weekend classes over there, which I still do. Um, we brought in a electrical trainer a few months back and had a whole eight-hour Saturday class on EV and hybrid, cla- uh, hybrid vehicles. And to see their facility now versus what it was, you know, even 10 years ago or 20 years ago, It's really amazing to see that they have continued to keep up with the industry. The, like I said, the instructors that are over there again, as well as I can't speak highly enough of Monette Southwest Area Career Center or Ozark. I know the instructor Dean out there is just a top shelf industry person. 
And I could not be more pleased to see those folks giving back. And I guess that kind of rung my bell a little bit while we were dealing with the students that, you know, at this point in my career, I really enjoy trying to pass some of my hard-fought experience and, and lessons on to these younger folks that, uh, you know, I see great potential coming into a skilled trade that is absolutely going to be in demand. I don't care whether you're in communication like you, Sarah, whether you're a welder, pipe fitter, mechanic, electrician, plumber, you can fill in all those where those trades or or the industry's kind of been looked down upon, you know, maybe longer than it should have been. Uh, I'd say we're to the point that it's not looked down on if you work with your hands or your back or your mind. You know, if you have a skilled trade at this point and can do the job, you're in demand and you can write your own ticket. So we're going to step into another break. When we come back, we're going to wrap this up in a pretty little bow. We'll see you in a moment. Through complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. Welcome back, Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Been a little philosophical today. Sarah's going to drag us back into the automotive world. You said there was some weather around around these parts. <laughs> yeah, there was some weather <laughs> around these parts. So it was, what, Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening? We mm-hmm. had some pretty serious hail across ah. the Ozarks. There was some reports that... In Bolivar, there was baseball-sized hail. That's incredible. And then in Republic, there was, like, egg-sized hail. So needless to say, I bet there's some people out there that Mm -hmm. have probably had some hail damage. So that's a tough spot to be in. Hopefully they had comprehensive or, I guess, full coverage in that case to get their vehicle taken care of. I went through not a vehicle-related situation, but... We had some wind and hail damage on our roof. Uh-oh. Uh, not this go-around, but the last go-around. Did you call Pyramid Roofing Company? I did not call <gasps> Roofing Company. I'm so sorry. Pyramid, if you're out there, um, you guys are wonderful. I, I should have called you. I ended up, and I'll, I'll tell you why I uh, ended up, my uh, original uh, adjuster came out, and I kind of got a raw dog deal on the original adjuster that looked at it, and he said I didn't need a roof. Hmm. So being the person that uh, prides themselves on being able to have a good, um, hopefully intelligent conversation, I went in, sat down with my um, insurance agent, which was fantastic, by the way. And when you're having a situation, a lot of people go right to Mach 5 that I'm just going to, you know, complain and be the be the you know, thorn in their side, and I'm going to wear them down with insults and anger just so they'll get them out of their office. Well, I found that to be useful, but not near as much as people utilize it. And I've shared this lesson a lot. My grandfather taught me that when you have a situation like that, you have to be persistent and assertive enough but walk a fine line that you keep that person on your side still as an advocate for you. Because if you alienate that other person and they go to their manager, quote unquote, or whoever makes that decision of whether they're going to step up and help you, and you've alienated them, they're probably not motivated to help you. Mm-hmm. I had a, a big uh, you know, bill, honestly, on the line to put a roof on our house was probably fairly expensive. 
So when I sat down with my agent, great guy, had a, a relationship with him for a long time. I've pretty much had insurance with him since I was maybe 20. The uh, He got another local adjuster, which makes a difference, by the way, and did an assessment, also engaged me with another roofing company. Sorry, Pyramid. It wasn't you guys. My apologies. I'll try better next time. But the service that I got from this gentleman was awesome, and he was also my advocate. So now, instead of it just being me and being difficult as a customer, I have my agent. I have a roofing company that he has worked with and has a good communication and good dialogue. And I also have a local adjuster coming, fighting for me. So there now there's four of us fighting on my behalf. And that separated us from not having a claim and having to foot that all out of pocket, which was wrong. But I had to be persistent enough not to take the first no that I got, as well as tactful enough to have those conversations and conduct myself in a manner that they wanted to help. So we ended up getting a roof. I had to pay my deductible, but probably saved me close to $20,000. Nice. So the, the, point of this whole deal is if you're out there and you're in a stressful situation, maybe you're Bolivar or Republic and you've got vehicle damage, roof damage, whatever it is, you do not want to automatically, the only tool in your toolbox is to get ugly and nasty with these folks. I guarantee you will get less out of that experience, less out of life if your only play is to be ugly and nasty with people. I have had the the pleasure and the burden sometimes to have some very powerful meetings and conversations, not just for work, but I'm talking with healthcare professionals, with attorneys, with uh, insurance companies. And each one of those is a, um, it's a challenge, but there's also a consequence or a weight attached to that, that if you don't win and win's probably not the right word, but if you're not conducting yourself in a manner that brings you out to a a pointed or a a goal, a focused, you know, what is the end thing that you're shooting for, and you're just going along to get along, I guarantee you're going to have some some situations that don't go in your manner. So there's times where I'll call and talk to somebody or I'll show up in their office or face-to-face, and I'm going to read that person in that room as quickly as possible of whether this is a a good fertile ground for me to have a discussion to get an outcome that's in my favor, or if I'm going to have a wasted effort and that I need to hold my tongue and not try for whatever the outcome because the room is not ready for it. Does that make any sense there? No, You it think does. I'm crazy? Nope. I get Should it. Should I just go straight to Karen each time and see how that works out for me? I've always heard that you get more out of honey than you do vinegar. I think that's a very, very good old piece of wisdom out there. But people are losing that. Yeah. They're, you know, they, they're vinegar all the time. <laughs> and there is a time and a place for vinegar. You're exactly right. But you can do it in a manner that, you know, stacks the cards in your favor. You know, it'd be one thing if, like, you were, you know, a supervillain and you're, you know, trying to take over the world. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm really, truly talking about um, 
if and when, because it does happen, I have outcomes that don't go in my favor, being analytical about how and why that went that direction. And sometimes things are not meant to be. Uh, God knows that I have learned over the years to be patient that some things I really wanted didn't work out for me later. It's it's clear why. Like all of a sudden it's like that wasn't meant to be. And I am so thankful, regardless of how bad I wanted X, Y, and Z earlier, that later had I gotten that, I would have been so much worse off. And even as bummed out as I was sometimes, like, dang it, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want that whatever, you know, you can fill in the blank with your whatever, that you had better be intentional. I kind of, I kind of, um, I took over your topic, didn't I? Sorry, (laughs) Sarah. You're feeling very philosophical. I am a little philosophical today. And I hope that this at least rings the bell with somebody out there. But you're right. We have had some crazy weather here the last little bit. Okay, so if somebody does have hail damage on their vehicle, mm-hmm. call their insurance company. Yep. Uh, so what's the next step after that? You need to find a good, qualified person to get a second, third, or fourth opinion. Okay. So I'm not picking on my adjusters out there. I'm sure there's some wonderful ones out there. But had I not had an advocate that I am obviously not a roofer, um, Pyramid would have probably been a great advocate for me. I should have should have consulted Sarah first. My bad. You're fine. <laughs> um, I have had the experience that beings, I am not the professional in there. I need a professional that lives, eats, and breathes this on a daily basis. So you need to get some counsel on there and see what other folks say. See whether the paintless dent repair will be able to take care of you or if panels are going to be have to be replaced and what the cost is going to be. Um, insurance works for us, regardless of how they portray it. And they really have our hands handcuffed at this point in time. But if you're informed and if you conduct yourself in that manner, it was a $20,000 swing for me. So had I not been able to do it on the roof side of things, I would have been out of, out of pocket twenty grand for that roof. As well as if I would have took the first no or not conducted myself to get those folks on my side as an advocate for me, you may be driving around a uh, vehicle that looks like a golf ball, and nobody needs a vehicle that looks like a golf ball. <laughs> so kidding. It's one of them deals. All right. Well, what's been going on around the shop? We got a minute. We got a minute. One so, minute. Season, tis the season of change. Yes. And we're already seeing an influx on AC and air conditioning work. Yep. There are two different kinds of refrigerant out there that a lot of shops are not equipped to handle the new kind of refrigerant. We are. Uh, my Sunset location is a shop that, and out at my Republic location, it is called 1234YF. That is a new standard versus the 134A that everybody's been used to for the last several decades. You had better have the right equipment to deal with those. And if you order and cross-contaminate any of that stuff, you're going to have cost yourself many thousands of dollars. So we have the new equipment. We have the training. We can take care of it. That new refrigerant is flammable, by the way. So the DIY people out there... It's not quite on the line of propane, but that's probably the easiest way that I can make a comparison. Do not mess around if you do not know what you're doing. And if you take it to somebody and they don't understand and can explain to you what the difference is between 1234YF, 
they should not be working on your vehicle. All right. Well, believe it or not, we're out of time. If you're out there in Radio Lane, you have a question or comment for us, feel free to text us on our text line, 417-447-5743, or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. You as well. Be safe. Bye.